listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's focus on the financial future. Kirk Cousins, take you around the league with our friend Eric Edholm from ProFootballWeekly.com. Eric, thanks for taking the time. The notion of value is a tricky proposition. We can talk supply and demand or just the concept that a quarterback of the stature, however you see Kirk Cousins, rarely gets this far along in terms of being unrestricted free agent. That said, it was a long-winded preface. We know the Vikings have a complete roster. Can you envision them really paying Kirk Cousins $30 million a season? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and, and obviously, like, you situation and that's what you know rick spielman the gm uh, talked about at the combine was you know even though he's used that line before i don't know i think he's really a unicorn i mean i really think that we've never seen a sub 30 year old quarterback you know in the prime of his career who's hit for agency you know unshackled so yeah i mean i, I really believe that that that's why the vikings are going to make a play for him um but then you hear Mike Zimmer talk about, hey, we built this defense up and we've done it in a certain way where, you know, if we can't re-sign uh, Eric Hendricks, if we can't re-sign Anthony Barr, if we're going to lose other guys, if we can't re-sign Stephon Diggs after next year, we got problems. So we built this team a certain way and, and now we're kind of mortgaging that future a little bit with a quarterback. So there's a fine line there that, that has to be sort of balanced with them. Yeah, and when you when you thinking about that fine line with the quarterback, he's also a, at best a middle of the pack quarterback, in my opinion, too, as well. To give him a three year, maybe ninety one million buck contract, uh, guaranteed money. When this team is a really good and sound football team, we see what's taking place in Jacksonville. That team is a really good football team. They signed Blake Bortles to a a pretty decent deal to allow to keep the chemistry the same. Why don't you see them trying to do something like this, which is still not done. I mean, this could just be conversation that we're hearing for the sake of it. But why aren't they trying to get a a case Keenum for the low and then say, you know what? Let's bring in another young quarterback or keep a Sam Bradford or, 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 or Teddy Bridgewater and just keep this thing going. Yeah, you, you make a great point, too, with, with comparing Jacksonville, another team that's sort of built on, uh, you know, the other facets of the game and maybe doesn't need dominant play from its quarterback. Now, you know, could Cousins at his best elevate them? Sure. But how big of a lift is it from where the level that Case Keenum played at? Even if you don't think he's ever going to be better than what he played those first, you know, 13 games prior to the playoffs, he didn't play great in the playoffs. Is Cousins going to be that dramatically better? You know, assuming that he's going to probably take a little while to establish some chemistry with his receivers and all that. And, you know, at his best, has he, has he been markedly better than what Keenan was during the regular season last year? I don't know. And you're now thinking about paying him uh, that much money per year, an unprecedented amount. It, it is frightening to think about it. But, yeah, you better be darn sure that Cousins is going to elevate your play. Whereas compared to the Jaguars, which said, yeah, we're going to keep Bortles in place now. We're probably going to draft his potential successor and see how it all plans out over the next few years. That's the, the more conservative and maybe the smarter approach right there. Taking you around the league with Eric Edholm from Pro Football Weekly. Let's connect the dots if the dominoes start falling with Cousins going to Minnesota. What do you think the market would look like for Case Keenum? Is he a starter again, or does he have to compete for a gig on another team? 
Yeah, I think he's going to he's going to get paid like a starter for sure and obviously he'll have to match, you know, sort of the level of play that he that he did last season when he stepped in. You know, remember, he had no market last year. He was somebody that, you know, was moving on to his third team in a four-year span and uh, we we've come a long way in, in the last sort of 8 months or whatever. Um you know, if a team like Denver, for instance, projects him to be there, I still think they're going to have to make other arrangements at quarterback. I don't think Paxton Lynch truly is in their future very much at this point. Trevor Simeon is a, a trade or release candidate, wouldn't be getting much in return if they did. I think Chad Kelly stays. So, okay, you got another young quarterback with no real experience on his hands, too. But I wouldn't be shocked if they, they take other measures as well. You get Keenum, you have Kelly, and then maybe one more. So, that's the kind of option. And then you start thinking about, okay, what's the trickle-down effect with the Jets, the Arizona Cardinals, the other teams out there looking for quarterbacks. And I, I don't know that we've ever had this kind of Jenga puzzle before with as many veteran quarterbacks plus draft options as well, uh, you know, completing the, uh, the picture here. Eric, when it comes down to, to teams in the National Football League, determining how they pay their running backs. You know, the 30-year-old 30, the 30 number, that number is an ugly number for, for players mm-hmm. and also for teams. Le'Veon Bell right now is 26 years of age. He's gotten a four, he's obviously been tagged with a, a $14.5 million franchise tag. How would you pay him knowing that you he for sure has a quality two years left of the next four years? Let's just hypothetically say that's the case. Would you, would you say a, a four-year deal with, with, with two years guaranteed money, giving him the average of the 14 to 15 million bucks a year and guaranteeing those two years and let the third year be the option year to by then there's still some value in him and maybe be able to either restructure, which I doubt they do, or just trade him off and get some value from him, send him somewhere like Miami, San Diego, uh, say somewhere like the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which we know a lot of uh, long in the tooth running backs have a tendency to go there. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely an option for the Steelers. And, and they have to do something, too. I mean, obviously, their their cap is not in great shape right now. You know, with, with Bell taking up such a big percentage of it, you know, 8% of their cap or whatever it is, uh, being allotted to one running back. You don't see any other teams that have that kind of financial situation right now. Ben takes up a big chunk. Antonio Brown signed a new deal last year, so he takes up a, a chunk as well. So those three players are, are kind of – hijacking the, the cap a little bit, as great as they are, that's, that's sort of the hand they've dealt themselves, exclusive tag two years in a row. And so, right, if you factor in last year, the one-year tender, $12.1 million, and let's just say for argument's sake that he does sign the tender, I don't think he will, but you're talking about almost $27 million paid out to Bell last year plus this year. That's an unfathomable number for a running back. You just don't see it anywhere else. So, yeah, in the Steelers' minds, they'd love to bring that year one number down, still give him the guaranteed money. Hey, we want to pay you, but we just can't afford to do it this year all at once. You know, they don't want him to sign the tender, and Bell doesn't want to sign it. So I suspect that the only escape route is to find that, that middle ground. And he's asking for a lot because of what he does on the field as a runner, as a receiver, as a game changer. So, you know, I can understand both sides of the equation there. Eric, 
Let's refresh the collective mind of the audience as to how the Steelers got into this jam because Le'Veon Bell didn't help himself with multiple suspensions. I'm not going to blame him for the injuries, but then the knock becomes on the player you're injury prone. Still, last year, I know I wasn't thrilled about the franchise tenter. He actually was available for all 16 games. So why do you think the Steelers wouldn't be inclined to try to make him happier and go the multi-year route? Yeah, I think they have a number in mind that's a lot different. I just think they're sitting there saying, look around the league and try to find me a running back who, who makes what Bell is asking for. And Bell's people are saying, that's fine, but look around the league and find a, a back who's as good as Bell. I mean, you could make that argument too. So, you know, that's got to be the negotiating con, you know, context from Bell's side. And, and the Steelers have to sit there and say, look, yes, we need you, but we also have to pay Roethlisberger. You know, we also have to pay Antonio Brown. We also have to pay Cam Hayward and, and, and Pouncey. And then Joe Hayden, I think, hits for oh, almost $12 million this year. So unless they can kind of fix things financially, you know, Ryan Shazier's not going to play this year. They obviously have to, you know, think about replacing him as well. Mike Mitchell could be possible, you know, cap casualty. You don't want to do that. But in order to keep these guys, there's, there's something they have to do because right now – they're in the red by eight plus million dollars or whatever that number is. So, yeah, I think the Steelers are willing to come up a little bit, and I think they have come up. I just don't know if they're going to get to where Bell hopes they'll get, and that's that's why it's going to be so fascinating to see a play out from now till you know July 16th. Eric, when you look at the the numbers that are potentially going to take place for Kirk Cousins. You look at a number that's that's already out there for Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, uh, Derek Carr. You have two of the game's elite quarterbacks that are somewhat dangling in the air right now. That's Drew Brees, as far as the New Deal is concerned, and also Aaron Rodgers. If, K- if Kirk Cousins can get a three-year deal, allegedly, 91 of it guaranteed, all of that money guaranteed, what are we going to see from these two guys? Fascinating question. And I'd throw Matt Ryan into that discussion, too, because the Falcons and Ryan have, you know, had some initial uh, conversations about what his next deal would would look like after it expires after next season. So, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously some of these agents represent (laughs) more than one of these guys. So I think they're they're trying to make it work in the right order. I mean, when Garoppolo, $27.5 million per year, went down – a lot of agents just smiled and, and you know, the Tom Condon's of the world and, and those kind of guys said, Hey, this, this works pretty well for us. So yeah, if, if cousins is worth more than 30 per year, you can't tell me Aaron Rodgers isn't worth 32 or what have you. So yeah, that's, that's going to be the discussion. And the length of the deal is really interesting too. Now cousins can obviously still, you know, hit for agency one more time in his prime, uh, you know, and then you sort of sit there and think, how long does Rogers' next deal go? Do you just tack on years? Do you scrap the last year and, and and do something else completely new? So they'll use Matthew Stafford's contract. They'll use Garoppolo's deal. They'll use Cousins' contract whenever he signs, and it sounds like it may not be in the first, you know, 48 hours of free agency. He may visit multiple teams and legitimately have interest in multiple teams. So that's why I think some of these deals have to wait. Even though there were some reports that Rogers and the Packers might be close, I think it's smart for them to wait and see how all the, you know, all the dust settles and see what these guys are going to end up earning. Eric, as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Good hearing from you guys. Thanks. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.